This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. As if we all need one more thing to worry about. Now, apparently, I also have to worry about my car being hacked. But this I kind of get. About a year ago, I got a new car. And my old one was more than 10 years old. And the difference, technology-wise, was night and day. This new car wants to do way too much for me. And I've, I've actually, over the past year, found it quite disconcerting sometimes about how, you know what, calm down, car. I don't need you to do all these things for me. The same things, though, that make these new cars more convenient, more responsive, also make us more vulnerable to being hacked. To talk to us more about this now, we're joined by Robert Falzon, who's the head of engineering for Checkpoint Software and a cybersecurity expert. Robert, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really tired of my car constantly telling me what to do, Robert. Um, All these cars these days seem to be very intuitive, don't they? Well, they're telling you what to do because they know so much about you. That's the fact. (laughs) Okay. How is that a bad thing then? Well, I think it can be. Uh, it could be a good thing, obviously, if used properly and if we're properly securing it and caring about it. I think it could be a pretty cool thing, right? It certainly allowed us for some extremely um, major improvements in security. Uh, these are these are all good things, obviously, but it comes with some risk, obviously. I think we need to manage that risk a little bit better. And I think shows like this that are going to help consumers understand a little bit better about what's happening in their vehicle will really go a long way to, to educate folks on that. Okay, so what is happening in my vehicle? Well, your vehicle collects a lot of information about you uh, via telemetry, right? So these, these cars are trying to become more and more efficient. So they're collecting everything about where you're going, you know, the altitude that you're at, how much fuel you're using or electricity, uh, all sorts of different things. And they use that information to try to improve the efficiency of the vehicle to save you money, obviously, and to, to improve the overall experience. The problem is some of that data can be leaked and some of those systems that are being used to collect that information are actually vulnerable to uh, many different ways to, to get into them. And that's, I think, what we need to talk a little bit more about is how we can prevent those things from happening and what sort of real risks there are for consumers. Okay, let's start with the real risks. What could happen? So remember, these vehicles today are really just like rolling software platforms, right? They're, they're, com- they're rolling computers, uh, essentially, and all of the systems, like everything from airbag control and body modules, braking systems, all those things are integrated. So as a result of that, anybody, any hacker who gains access to those systems could potentially control those systems and use them in a way that you know would be unexpected. For example, like causing the vehicle doors to lock and accelerate the vehicle or um, you know set off the airbag or change something to do with the powertrain or transmission. These can actually be very physically damaging things to the vehicle. But there's also the other side of it, which is the software side where we have all this data leaking, right? For example, many apps uh, or many manufacturers are using applications to access the vehicle, to start it remotely, uh, to gather information about your musical preferences and things like that. Those applications themselves usually reside on your cell phone or your computer, and there are vulnerabilities there as well. Right. So we need to be cautious about how much we're integrating these systems and whether or not we're properly uh, uh, managing the security side of that equation. 
Okay. First of all, I think people are super eager to do all this. They just, you know, we think it's really cool. We're like, look at this new technology. I can unlock yeah. my car with my phone. How great is that? Sure, sure. And and they are, again, that's a tremendous convenience, right? I mean, I, I enjoy the, the convenience of, uh, you know, in a cold Calgary morning, for example, in the middle of winter, it's great to start the car and have it warmed up. But we, for example, um, you know, manufacturers might put in something like multi-factor authentication. This is when you get a text message uh, confirming that you tried to log in. They're using these things on the applications for the vehicles as well, but many consumers aren't aware that they need to turn that on. Simply turning something like that on will, you know, will prevent one major way of access into your personal data and perhaps even uh, prevent somebody from hacking into your car. And are people properly updating their software? Because we're bad at that in general, I think. Yeah, so that's that's a very important one. I'm glad you mentioned that. We, you know, manufacturers will regularly release updates for the vehicles. And the consumer, it's up to the consumer actually to make sure that, A, they allow that update to happen. For example, um, you know, I have a, a Tesla in my family and it will regularly let me know that there's an update available, but it won't push it unless I tell it to or unless I allow it to. So allowing those updates to happen on a regular basis will allow the manufacturer to keep your vehicle updated and keep that firmware uh, and so forth. Um, you know, any new bug fixes or security fixes will be implemented for your vehicle. That's important. And the same thing with the apps on your phone. Make sure any app that's connected to your car is updated and on a regular basis and make sure you check for that. So when I got my new car a year ago, I had to go through that whole, you know, the where they introduce you to it, and all the things your car can do. And sure. I got so overwhelmed at that point, Robert, <laughs> that I yeah, asked them, how lot. do I, how do I make this not happen? And they said, if you don't want any of this, then just turn Bluetooth off on your phone. So that's yeah. what I do. So that's what I do because oh. I, it feels like a lot of stuff. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, many of these vehicles now um, will actually be communicating uh, via software back end, right? So they'll be talking to the manufacturer on the back end, even if you turn Bluetooth off, right? So, because again, the manufacturers are looking to um, to commoditize many of these services. They want you to do, they want to, in the future, you're going to see more uh, testing of the market for things like paying for heated seats or paying to unlock your car oh, remotely. Don't even get like me that. started on that. A subscription oh, yeah. for heated seats. I've started hearing about this, how some like BMW is doing this, and this just is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan myself, but you know, I, Again, it's the further commoditization of these services. So once you know, manufacturers are doing this, you can imagine that they're going to need access to that vehicle whether or not you want them to. So in, this is where we sort of see a place for regulation to kind of catch up to the market as well. And I suspect we're going to see some legislation like we have in Europe. Uh, which is you know, going to further increase consumer protection and make sure that our personal data is not at risk. Because remember, if it, the car is communicating without your knowledge or control or consent, um, that data is being gathered. You don't know what happens to it after it leaves your car. So we need to get better on that front as well. Okay, so then Robert, break it down for us. What are the, the, really the best ways for us to protect ourselves? Well, there's a few things. So there's the physical aspect of it. So, you know, don't, don't connect to, to public Wi-Fi. If you're sitting at a charging station, uh, you know, try not to connect to a public Wi-Fi. That's a, generally a, a place where we see a lot of uh, misuse. Um, if you're at home, uh, we see a lot of uh, news articles about cars being stolen in your driveway. Just keep your key fobs in a tin can uh, or keep them not near the vehicle. You can even buy something called a Faraday bag. It's just a little pouch. You can keep uh, your key car keys in, uh, in, a, in a little pouch in the drawer and it'll block the signal so they can't steal it. Uh, make sure to keep your apps up to date. Make sure that you're using uh, more complex passwords and you don't use the same passwords for every application you have on your phone. 
use MFA multi-factor if you can, uh, if the manufacturer allows it. You mentioned before, keep the software up to date. And just be careful. If you have an electric vehicle, for example, and you're using charging station infrastructure, just make sure that that charging station is from a legit vendor, right? So, you know, there's some, you know, generally accepted vendors. You'll see them if you go to a Canadian Tire. There'll be a charging station there. That's generally a safe uh, bet. But, you know, some of the times you'll see these charging stations set up in the parking lot of a shopping mall or something like that. Just be a little bit more cautious and make sure that that charging station looks legit. Um, because they're also uh, a method for hackers to get into your car. Huh, okay. Are car manufacturers taking this seriously? They are, actually. And, and again, the, the automotive industry is sort of in a transitional phase, as you can, you can probably imagine. Um, technology is moving, moving very, very rapidly. And, of course, they want to take advantage of these technology advancements for profit. And in order to do so, sometimes uh, security is not the primary consideration. I think we, you know, manufacturers need to do uh, similar systems, sort of like Tesla's done, where they have a bug bounty program. Right. So if you if a security researcher, an average Joe, uh, finds a bug in their Tesla vehicle, they can report it and actually get paid by Tesla uh, for reporting that bug rather than selling it to somebody to exploit. So manufacturers have a role to play in in improving their overall system design um, and building security right into the software as they go. And I think that's going to be, um, again, a game changer when we start moving forward. Because remember, these systems aren't just running our vehicles for consumers. They're also now going to be implementing in trains and ships and fleet vehicles and deliveries and things like that. So this is a really much, much bigger um, uh, challenge, I think, than most people realize. All right, Robert, thanks for pointing it out to us this morning. Thank you so much. That's Robert Falzon, who's the head of engineering for Checkpoint Software and Cybersecurity Expert, talking about our cars and how they are the thing we have to worry about in terms of cybersecurity these days. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.